podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Zachary Babcock. From over five years in prison to building a six-figure business, Zachary Babcock helps entrepreneurs launch, grow, monetize, and produce top-shelf podcasts. Zachary, welcome to Run With It. Yo, what is up? I'm excited to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. We are pumped to have you. It's great yeah, to have absolutely you. absolutely pumped. You've got this fantastic energy that I think is going to really resonate with our listeners. And yeah, it's incredibly impressive what you've done so far and just love the message that you've got and love the idea that you're about to share with us. So let's kick things off. Tell us about the idea that you'd like our listeners to run with. Yeah, man, absolutely. So the problem that I see, having gone through the prison system myself, the system, the way it's designed, it is designed, it's a moneymaker, man. Let's keep it real. It's a business and it's designed to keep you dependent on the system, meaning they give you a fish. They don't teach you how to fish. You got welfare, food stamps, assisted living, like that's giving you a fish. It's not teaching you. The classes that they have you go to are a complete utter waste of the taxpayer dollar. And then on top of that, you're coming out of prison. You got that X on your record for the rest of your life. Now you can't get a job at any corporate America. More likely you're going to have to try and find a under the table paying construction job or at a bar and grill as a cook, whatever. And then on top of that, they're making you go to these classes and it's wasting your time that you do have to actually provide for yourself and your family. So if you look at the recidivism rates all across the United States, it's a huge problem. So what we want to do, and this business idea that you could run with if you're listening to it, if this resonates with you, is to have a job placement agency where you get convicted felons and they go through a vetting process of yours where they have to actually read specific books and develop their character and go through programs that are actually going to help them become better versions of themselves. And you also get them placed and jobs with other entrepreneurs and other organizations that fit their strengths. And then the reason why it's going to be so powerful, because there's a tax cut for companies that hire convicted felons. That's, you know, a perk for the business owner that's hiring these people. Another perk for them is that any ex-convict that turned his life around and that's trying to do better is going to outwork anybody on your sales team, anybody that you had, period. They're just going to blow them out of the water, dude. Like not only going to get the top people that are just going to crush it for your organization. You're also going to save money in the process. I love it. There's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> and the yeah. first thing that comes to mind that I really want to lay the groundwork on is most people listening, they are not convicted felons or haven't been, and they haven't gone through the prison system. But I think that they should care. I think that their lives will be better if an idea like this is implemented. Can you talk more about exactly how society as a whole is affected by this problem and not just those people. Talk about some world problems like poverty is a world problem and it hurts the economy, hurts everybody. You know what I mean? And so this right here is directly impacting if you get people that are coming out of prison instead of sending them back to prison where all the tax dollars are going and not being a productive member of society and they're just constantly going in and out. Because I mean, if you think about it, man, recidivism, it's classified as going back to prison within three years from the date that you get released. 
So the recidivism rates that are showing are skewed already because you got to think about the people that get out of prison that end up getting killed because they go back to the same lifestyle or overdose on heroin or the people that come back after three years. So it's not accounting for all that. And so if you can directly impact people's lives that are coming out of prison, maybe that helps them from going back to drug addiction or whatever. And they're a part of their family's life and they get to impact, you know, more people, which, you know, the ripple effect you can't even put into perspective, honestly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I also think just people's areas are going to be safer. Their community is stronger. It's just better overall. So yeah, exactly what you're saying. It benefits everyone. And the reason I want to call that out is because some people might be listening and think, okay, this doesn't really apply to me, but it does. It really applies to you so much. If you think about it, it's on all levels. Like businesses are going to be thriving because they're going to have awesome, incredible workers. It's going to help the business owner because it's going to save them the vetting process and the turnover of you know constantly hiring, firing employees. They're going to get rock solid employees for their business. That's going to directly impact profits. It's going to affect the community, affect families, affect taxpayer dollars. Like it's on a whole lot of levels. Yeah. I want to ask a question that might be useful. It has to do with the way that I think about why this is great. I believe everybody has a capacity to transform. The ideal scenario with prison is that whatever the good thing, (laughs) theoretically, there's something positive that prison is doing is achieved with the person in their life. But then when they get out, like it's literally like the moment they get out, they should be transforming into something else or even possibly while they're in. But the idea is if they're in and they've transformed, let's get them out, right? Like they're wasting their time just sitting in a box if they're not doing anything. So what do you think is the positive coming? Or what do you think people get out of going to prison that's positive so that we can feel like there's a cutoff point to say now it's time to transform and we can let people make that transformation. And you may say nothing, but I'm just curious. So there is positive, but it doesn't always get through to everybody. So for a guy like me going through that hardship of having, you know, having to get that tough love of being removed from society and having the freedom snatched and being away for so long and living in those circumstances and having a psychological warfare every single day just to survive and thrive in a prison environment, you know, that builds strength of character. And you either going to crumble or you're going to form some really good habits and strength of character while you're in there. But if you talk about from like the programs inside of prison that are there to help you, they don't help. They got this one program that was in there when I was in there. They had this dog program, like where you had a dog and you train it for a few weeks or whatever. And I never was in it, but that gave certain inmates in there like responsibility to take care of a dog and they built skills on dog training or whatnot. And that was cool. And there's might be some few others in there, but it's really just designed and like, okay, you did this, you get X amount of time, you have to go wait this amount of time before you get out. And there's really not a huge benefit in that except for like, you know, what you can derive as an individual, you know, but that's also situational for every single person. Yeah. So it seems like primarily what people can get out of it that's positive is a time for like deep, deep self-reflection and the potential to, like you said, build character. I like just speaking that so that we can lay the foundation that the truth is when people get out of prison, they all deserve the capacity to transform immediately. And we should facilitate that to happen as quickly as possible. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, people change. They make mistakes. Oh, I learned from my mistake. I don't want to do that anymore. I transform. 
And I just feel like the guys and gals that have made that decision to change, to do different, that transform, I feel like there could be a lot better resources provided to help them get started because you dug yourself in a hole at that point. Yeah. If you don't mind, I just want to call out this one thing that I think is very appropriate, again, to set the foundation for what we're talking about. There's this analogy that people make about painting on a canvas and living your life. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. The idea is most people live their lives as though they're painting on a canvas. And when they're painting forward on the canvas, like imagine one that's moving left to right that you can just continuously paint on. As they paint forward, they're looking back on what they already painted in order to determine what they paint in the future. Very few people take the opportunity to look and see they have a blank canvas mm. in front of them. So I think that whatever we're going to talk about here, ideally what happens is people get a very clear sense that there's a blank canvas for them. And also society, we have a blank canvas for somebody here that can do whatever that has nothing really to do with their past, except that they might have built some extra character. Yeah, man. Absolutely. So Zach, walk us through how you envision this business working, what the structure of it is and yeah, how it works. Absolutely, dude. A high level overview of how I see it working is a bunch of different organizations. Maybe they're all the same under one umbrella, maybe or whatever, but a person running the program in Las Vegas, another one in California, whatever. But you're vetting people that are coming out of prison, we're spreading awareness, and we're getting the right people that are ready to turn their life around. There's a vetting phase, like 30 days that you got to go through or 90 days, I don't know, somewhere you know where you can prove it pretty quickly so you can start getting paid. Like I'm going to do where you got to read books, at least a minimum one book a month. And so they're working on their character and then they go through this process and you figure out the person's strengths and you figure out their weaknesses of what they can and can't do and where they would be best suited. And then you get them matched up with people that you partner with. Like you begin to form these relationships with other entrepreneurs and business owners that would hire and you would basically sell this program to them. Like, Hey, look, I'm going to bring you qualified people that are ex comics that are going to outwork your entire sales team. And you're going to get tax breaks for it. And we're going to find you people that are qualified specifically for what you're looking for. So you're basically acting as a job placement firm. I got to jump in here because I'm pumped about this. My mind's firing with <laughs> different ways that we can take this. So kind of combining this context that we laid of the prison system doesn't really work in terms of getting people back on their feet and leaving them in a better place than when they got there. A lot of times they're in a worse place and that's evidenced by the recidivism rates, et cetera. And they're labeled. I think a big part of it is a label, right? You're called an ex-con that sticks with you for a long time, if not for life, right? Forever. And even when you were talking about it just there, you're saying we're going to bring you qualified ex-cons. That might not grip everyone in the same way that it holds out attraction for you. So I'm picturing this program as something where they go through it and then they have a certification process at the end where there's a new name that you can attach to them, right? Like empowered underdogs, or, you know, something like that. That's your brand. But something that's just says, we're no longer going to call these people ex-cons. We don't call them ex-cons. We think of them as something different. They've gone through this process. They have done the work. They are transformed. So I think that would be really powerful to have it just a, a rebrand of it in a way, but an earned one. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And you know what, too? Not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. I feel like the core business would be getting them placed in the right jobs that fit their strengths, stuff that they would love doing and be able to support their family and thrive in. But also the reason why you have the program attached of they have to develop their character and become more and they have to read these books and go through these programs 
practical life skills stuff, you know, how to set and achieve goals and all that stuff. That's going to be for the guys that are cut out to be entrepreneurs. So they go through this program and got job placements and they're working on building themselves. And then like, man, I can go out and start my own business. And then they won't even need us anymore. And then they get to go out and create their own business that directly impacts the economy and impacts the world in its own perspective. You know, you might have guys because a lot of people coming out of prison are super passionate about their health and fitness because that's one of the only things you can do in there. And so they create this fitness program for their community. And yeah. Another take on that question that Chris asked about kind of having a new name or branded in a new way. I know just from other conversations or some other context I heard this in that at first when you got out and you want to be an entrepreneur, you're kind of trying to hide that you were an ex-con and maybe hiding some of the things that were your authentic self. And that somehow you discovered along the way that was your unique advantage to bring that into the equation. So on that point, what I was curious on your perspective, because I'm envisioning, like you bring someone into a workplace, there's two scenarios. One, you try to try really hard so that they have no association to the people around them that that is their past, so that the people around them can see something new. However, I also wonder if there is power in actually very much letting everybody know that that was their situation, just in order to give them the emotional support necessary to kind of integrate them into whatever workplace they're getting into. And I'm just curious your perspective on whether you do one or the other, or maybe it's up to the particular individual what's going to work best for them. What are your thoughts on that? That's a good question because, you know, there's not a cookie cutter model for it because everybody's different. Me personally, I lean strong towards, hey, I'm an ex-convict. You know, that's what it is, but I'm going to outwork everybody. You give me an opportunity and I'm going to crush it like nobody else. That's how I envision pitching it to other entrepreneurs. And obviously, it'll probably be easier for someone like myself that went through the system and understands that side of that part. And also someone that's also built a business, you know, so I can relate to both ends. And I can pitch it with like full confidence in that regard. I feel like you just got to be open about it and just real. Yeah, there probably will be some business owners who be like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that or whatever. And, you know, that's their loss, whatever. There's plenty of people out there that you can convince, though, and that will see the opportunity that lies in it. Cool. Thanks for that. Yeah. And I think that this business idea, the term trusted third party comes to mind, right? The prison system should be that trusted third party of you're out of here. And that means that you're going to be a productive member of society. But unfortunately, that's not the case for a lot of people right now. And if you go through this program that Zach's outlining here, a business owner, in my mind, would be just much more likely to trust. Yeah, I think that's one of the key benefits provided is that just that trusted third party to say that this is someone that you should hire. One question that comes to mind is an objection. It seems like from a business owner standpoint, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of risk for limited upside. Yeah, I'm taking the extreme example of it. I don't think that that's exactly the case. But what would you say to a business owner who may be thinking that? Yeah. And you know, that's a legitimate question because it would be unfair not to talk about that because the way I'm doing this, man, is I already got my business now that's reached, you know, six figures and we just hit that and it's growing and thriving. And now I'm able to step off into this basically and what I'm calling this conscious freedom initiative. I, you know, it could change, but that's what I'm calling it. And my thing with it is like, I'm literally not going to make any money off of it. 
Like we're going to probably set up a thing like where companies pay us to get them the right people for their team. But all that money that we make is going to go into the program to developing it to the vetting process to getting these people up to speed to be ready to get a job or whatnot. But I guess there could be opportunity, maybe like there's a franchising opportunity where the money you make for it pays for people's time that they spend into it. You can even hire ex-convicts to help us run this program. You know what I'm saying? The vetting process, who would be the perfect person to vet people coming out of prison to see if they're a good fit for this? The ex-convicts that came out of prison that proven that they're changing their life around, they'll be able to tell if the person's on some BS or not. You know, there's so many different ways that you can attack it, but uh, I get what you mean, man. You got to figure out a way how it can be monetizable and worth other people's time. But yeah, it's a great, great question to bring up. Yeah, while we're brainstorming here, we're still in the kind of kicking this idea around phase before we get into the action steps. Would it be possible to sell a program like this into the existing prison system? One, I think that's appealing in itself. Two, if you were to sell into the prison system and you have a limited number of slots, you get into this program, you have a better chance at getting a job on the way out, right? Maybe only 10% of people or 5% of people are able to get into the program. That's going to improve the behavior of everyone in the prison, theoretically, because people are maybe competing to try and get one of those slots. I don't have much experience with this. I haven't investigated a ton. Is that something that's possible to sell into a government system like that? Yeah, it's definitely possible. And I don't know all the answers to that question. When I was in prison, they used to have like outside groups and those used to be the best like little things to go to. Like somebody from AA would come up and speak and run a meeting or something, you know? And anytime somebody was coming in from the outside, those tended to be the best things to get into because those people that were literally devoting their time that weren't getting paid that actually cared to come in and actually try to make an impact in someone's life. I don't know how you would go about it, but I imagine you'd have to get in touch with state officials or whatever and get approved to come into these prisons and do free groups or whatever. And then you'd basically have to send in people to recruit people for this process. And I feel like the best way to do that would be to send people that already been in prison, that's been in these people's shoes coming like, Hey guys, I found this program when I got out, it's changed my life. There is hope, there is opportunity. It's not all going to be given to you, but they have tools for you to use that's going to help you get to X, Y, and Z. If somebody were to came in that's actually been to prison or whatever and changed their life around, you see them thriving now and they're coming in to recruit people, my ears would perk up and I'd be like, what is this? You know, I'm going to have to look into this and maybe you can even take it a step further where they could begin doing the work on themselves while they're in there they get books sent into them that they're reading and assignments or whatever. So they're developing their character while they're in. So they're already got ready when they come out. Yeah. There's a bunch of different ways you can look at it. Got an interesting example for listeners to maybe check out in terms of selling this and who you sell it to. So I once heard a talk from the people who founded the High Line, which is there was an abandoned subway track, like an above ground subway track in New York City along the riverfront. And these young people had this idea, hey, let's turn this into like an above ground prairie path, right? With like grasses and flowers and plants and, you know, just a beautiful thing to experience. Well, they had this wonderful vision, but they realized pretty quickly they couldn't sell it to the government by just saying, well, this be wonderful. People will love it. But they did succeed in starting this project. And so the secret, the guy said who made it, he said it was just about numbers. And all they had to do was create a convincing case of the government that it was going to create revenue for the government. Whether you like it or not, money speaks 
to these situations. You know, so they made a case for, oh, it's going to improve the real estate value. And then we're going to build these developments and people are going to want to live by it. And that area is kind of run down. So it's going to improve the city. And that's how they sold it. And that's how they got it done. And those things did come true. And the city did benefit economically way more than if they hadn't done the project. So I think that who's going to buy it? Government's going to buy into it. The employers are probably going to buy into it. And if you can get the numbers, if you can get a clear direction on how the numbers are going to work for them, then that's the goal. Man, I'm so glad you said that because now you got my wheel spinning about that. And it's so true. You probably have to start doing this just by starting with like one person and, and start getting these actual results, but like sharing like, hey, by these people not coming back to prison, you're saving these tax dollars to be spent other places than your prison. And now that gives the government more money to spend maybe on their state highways or development or whatever it is that they want to do. You know, once you start getting these numbers and stuff and you show, like you said, hey, this has brought the property value up of this neighborhood or whatever. Now you're able to attract, you know, more businesses that want to come and do business in this neighborhood. Man, there's like an endless possibilities to think about it from that perspective. Yeah, I think so. That could be a very sort of pseudo accessible. It might take a lot of investigation, but something you can do is do some research into how governments make money. You know, how do they bring in revenue and then figure out how you can fit into that system in a way where you can make those numbers higher. Let's get into some of the action steps and we'll bounce back around as we're going it. But I feel like we got a flow going here for things that listeners can do to make some progress on this idea. Anything else come to mind for you? Yeah. So I would develop a curriculum steps of what, you know, the onboarding process would be, the vetting and the onboarding. And then as part of the curriculum that the person goes through, like for an example, for me, I would, every prisoner coming out would have to read A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl and maybe Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. You know, that's like from the self-development standpoint. And then after that, then you have like a system, you know, as far as like the onboarding process of finding these strengths and weaknesses of the person. And then after they get to that point, then you have a set of new development. But like, so say the person's really gifted at sales and communication or whatnot. So now you're going to give them the best material to help them develop their skills as a salesperson, things like that. Yeah, I like that. I would like to communicate to listeners with a lot of this stuff. Probably the most important thing is that you create some kind of system, some kind of template. Don't expect that it's the perfect thing when you start. But with the very first person that you put through it, your job is not to try to keep it what it is. Your job is to find out how to improve it constantly. And it will develop by the time you put several X cons through the system. Then you'll figure out what the system needs to be. That having been said, it sounds like there may be some powerful piece where you create like five to seven categories, or maybe it's even as little as three, in which once you've figured out that this person is on this track, you can home in and like you said, give them the very specific materials that are less general so that they can develop exactly what their strengths are. Exactly. Yep. I can't help but think that this is just what the education system should be doing for everyone. Right? <laughs> it's like we're talking about some fundamental skills that people should have. They should, you know, have some ref- self-reflection. And we had a previous episode with Zach Fleischman where he goes off on the education system. He thinks that the existing system is just, it's not serving most people who go through it, right? And I love the books that you've mentioned. I think that they would be extremely helpful for anyone to read. The skills that we're talking about here, how do you actually find your strengths and select your career path? That's all stuff that 
we should know earlier, right. right? You've had 18 years of schooling. That's something that you should turn out to be. You know, a lot of people go to college without knowing what they want to do and they waste a ton of money. It's a ton of resources. And some of those people may end up in the prison system because they don't have that path. So I don't know how that fits in with this idea, but it's an interesting parallel here. No, it is, dude. Like what you just said, because like, yeah, you got to have the general stuff. Like, and that's part of like the vetting process, like getting you up to speed ready. And then I love what you said when you said like, once you kind of hone in on the direction they're going, their strengths or whatnot, then you have curriculum like that for that specific person. I feel like some of the general, like for, I guess the cookie cutter part of it that everybody has to go through is like, you teach them how to set and achieve goals, how to find what really drives them, how to, you know, find their purpose and and what they're passionate about and what they're skilled in and stuff like that's all like the general parts. And then once you lock in on that and you just go full force, I mean, dude, like you said, that should be taught in a lot of our school systems. I'm really passionate about this too. I think that's the biggest failing of our school system is they don't teach you how to set and achieve goals. They prescribe for you goals to reach and then you try and do that. But very rarely do they say an open-ended thing of come up with a goal and figure out how to achieve that on your own. Yep, exactly, man. You know, we've got history, we've got math, you know, we've got language studies. There should be just a category in school, which is goal setting and achievement. Yeah. Maybe even throughout your whole K to 12, just advancing on that topic. If we could do that for every individual, not everybody's going to be goal oriented people, you know, naturally. But if we could do that for every individual that went through the school system, man, we'd have a powerful society. Amen, bro. Amen, dude. I mean, just think about it. I know it's kind of getting out of the scope of things, but literally they don't teach that. Dude, that skill, what you're talking about, finding what your passion and purpose about, getting crystal clear on exactly what it is that you want, then developing strong reasons why you got to get there. And then the whole process of how you set your 10-year, three-year picture, one-year quarterly goals and weekly and daily goals. Like That skill has paid more dividends to me than any math class or English class or anything that I've ever went through in my entire life. Very useful. So going back to the action steps question, just a general idea of how you see it, and you may not have a clear vision. Would you start with one person? Would you start with 10? With your own experience starting something from scratch, like podcasting related businesses and so on, what do you think you would start with? I know I'm going to start with one. I'm not saying that you couldn't do it with 10 or you know a group setting, but I'm going to start with one. I feel like this is how you got to do everything. You got to learn, do, teach. Having done it, you know, having had to learn how to do this myself and then doing it, now I'm in a position to teach it. And so, like, I'm going to start with one person, mentor them, get them going through this program, get them lined up with, because I got plenty of connections or whatnot. And I feel like with this business model, it'd be cool that people, if you want to already go and start attacking this, maybe you get ahead of it before even I do. And I'm not saying this from an arrogant standpoint or anything like that, because I'm not an arrogant person. I am very confident though. You're going to be able to leverage my name with a lot of stuff in the entrepreneurial space, which right now it's just starting to get traction. But I've been able to build a thriving podcast that's growing like wildfire right now. And I'm already connected with people like faces to faces with Andy Frasilla, Grant Cardone, Neil Patel, Dean Graziosi, all these heavy hitters, right? And so building these connections with powerful people, you're going to be able to leverage this brand and maybe it could become like a franchised model. I know that was kind of going down a rabbit hole and off the tangent here, but I don't know. It's just an idea that's jumping in my head. So 
going deeper into some action steps, one interesting one I'm just going to throw out there. Do you have prisoners that are listening to your podcast? Is that part of your audience? Oh, yeah. So like just on like TikTok alone, I literally built over 40,000 followers in like 90 days. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I get so many people, prisoners like, wow, man, this gives me hope and inspiration. I just went through the same thing, blah, blah, blah. And so many people, I just had a guy that I posted today. He found my content on YouTube right before he was going to prison. He was searching and stuff, you know, scared, you know, as a young guy and didn't know what to expect or whatever. Went and did like nine or 10 months and then got out. And now he's building a brand. He's been out for like 10 months now. And he's like built a following on Twitter and a blog and he's generating income from that. So yeah, quick answer to the question. There's so many people that I come into contact in my audience. So just an interesting action step. So we have action steps for kind of on the ground, maybe if you're not in prison, right? But like if you're in prison and you really love this idea and you want to be an integral part into making it happen, maybe as simple to get started as writing a book report on Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl <laughs> and sending it to Zach. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes, oh yeah, this guy's got it. He read it. Yeah, he gets it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> action step zero. I'm going to popcorn some more action steps here. One other thing that comes to mind is find some people out there who already have content, who already have courses maybe, who are looking to practice their presentation skills or maybe even donate some time right? Find these people and be the coordinator for them between that person and bring them into your local system and say, hey, we're going to have a talk by Dean Grazioso. Maybe you don't go that big right away, but you sell them on this vision. Maybe you introduce them to a little bit of Zach's content, this podcast. And then you say, hey, I will take care of all the administrative stuff for you. All you have to do is show up and do that content, do that presentation that you always do. We ask that you waive your fee and then you start, you build the structure of what you're doing right? Bro, you just gave me a genius idea by saying that, like, say there's plenty of entrepreneurs that have online courses, all right? It doesn't take any of their time. They've already built it. It's stuff that they're already selling, putting out there and they have these resources, right? And then they give us the access permissions for those people that are coming through our program. And then you can feature these entrepreneurs as, hey, these entrepreneurs donated their time and resources and are helping make you know, us achieve this 9% or, or lower recidivism rate. So it gives them that credibility of, hey, they made a direct impact. People love to participate in those types of things. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a brilliant idea. Heck yeah, man. Well, I was thinking, so a slight twist on that also could be people who want to get into speaking, right? They have good content. They want to get into speaking. That would be a much bigger pool of people, right? And you can still have them share their insights and practice it's and still help a bunch of people maybe on a more personal level than they'd be able to if you get to that higher echelon where you're making millions of dollars already yeah so here's something to share with the listeners a company to look at which this is reminding me of sort of the spirit of it it's called ghost and it's basically a alternative to wordpress geared towards journalists and the guy who started the company, they're really amazing. He actually got offered money by VCs to invest in it, and he, he turned it down. And the reason he turned it down is because he literally can't take investment because it is a non-for-profit, but raking in money. And I think this is a really interesting model if people are looking for inspiration on how to set up something where you enjoy the idea of building a business, but maybe it is still a non-profit model, to look at Ghost 
and see how he built it and see how that model works well as a sort of pseudo business and non-for-profit type of endeavor. Yeah, man. Absolutely, dude. I know me personally, dude, I'm the visionary. So it's better for me to get with people that are really good in the operator, integrator, systems driven role. And like, I'm more like the rainmaker, the the go out, the marketing, the bringing in kind of, you know, lead the vision type. So like, for me, the way I'm looking at this is like, okay, I got my business established now. This year, we're focused solely on systems and operations, like getting that super dialed in so this thing just runs. Then that's going to free up all the time. Like next year, when I really clamp down on this next year, I'm going to find the right people, like you just mentioned, that understand like these non-for-profits and different models on what would best suit this and get the right people. And like, but you were saying, Ethan, like you got to get the right data to present to the government of how it will save them money. What's the numbers and stuff. Find the people that are skilled in that. And so that they can give me the information that I need. Just like Henry Ford had a thing where he called upon his console and he didn't need to know all the answers, but he had people that had all the answers. The way I see it though, man, is like, whether it's like a franchise model that has our stamp on it or whether it's just individual organizations and everybody collaborating with each other. You know, I see the common goal though is striving towards that 9% recidivism rate or lower, which is a crazy, man, that's like almost impossible kind of goal, but that's the way you got to set up your 10 year goals. You know, it's like, they got to be super like inspiring, like once a movie to it, and then you break it down to the achievable goals in your three-year picture and one-year goals in your quarter lease or whatnot. Yeah, something like to call out here in terms of setting ambitious goals. There was once a person who set the goal that there might one day be one computer in every city. But, you know, Bill Gates was the one who set the goal to have, you know, one computer on every desk, you know, and to set your big goals, you don't know what's achievable. So you might as well set the bigger goals. Amen, bro. Yeah. I mean, before cars were a thing, people were crazy to think about that. And then they were crazy to think about having cell phones or whatever. You know, everything's impossible until you do it. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great place for us to wrap up here. Zach, you're an inspiration to us, to our listeners. It's been a pleasure having you on here. Love the energy again. (laughs) Love the enthusiasm. Awesome opportunity. If you're out there, you love this idea and you want to get something going, kind of just scratch the surface here, but there's a lot to this idea. There's a lot of opportunity. Zach's given us that big picture goal. There are a lot of angles that you can take to get there. And we spitballed a bunch of them here. If you've got some energy behind this, take some action and report back to us. Email us at update at runwithit.fm. Tell us what you did. If you take a lot of action, you've got a shot at a mentoring call with Zach and potentially partnership in this business in some capacity. So Zach is is taken off like a rocket in the entrepreneur space. You just heard about some of his followers out there and yeah, doing big things. And if you can get working with him, it's a tremendous opportunity. Zach, thank you so much for this conversation, for the time. Uh, Where can listeners go to find out more about you? Hey man, I really, really appreciate that. And I really enjoyed being on this podcast. And I'm not just saying that to fluff or fanboy or none of that. What you're doing here on this podcast is awesome. Giving people ideas that they can go out and execute on and make the world a better place and build an awesome world in general. So that's really awesome. I appreciate your time. Best place to get in contact with me is definitely the podcast. Obviously, I'm super passionate about podcasting. Underdog Empowerment's on pretty much any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on. But to make it super easy for everyone, you can go to underdogempowerment.com 
right there on the front page. You might have to scroll down a little bit. There's a red button that says subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, whichever one you prefer. Hope to see you guys over there. And Chris and Ethan, thank you so much again for having me on the show. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Zach. Now it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.